Good morning. We're going to continue on. I believe Nigel continued on with Ephesians 6 last week. Uh, the mighty power of God. So, going to continue on with that. Just before we, before next week, I'll be delving into the the uh, seven uh, armors that God gives us to live the life He wants us to live. And before that, let me just let me just pray. Father, will you bless us today? Lord, let out of my mouth comes the overflow of my heart. Lord, that it would, I would be used by you for the glory of Jesus Christ and for the edification of my brothers and sisters in this place. Empty me of myself and use me, Lord. Father, let any words that don't belong to you pass through them and not touch them. Let only your word touch them. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me just read for you our text this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to read from your verse 10 down to uh, 10, 11, and 12. From Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> so much in these three passages, these three um, verses, that it's difficult to get through with what God's put on my heart and my mind. It's taken me some weeks, but we will get there, I assure you. It says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And this is our text this morning. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Amen. In 2017, on the Guardian website, there was a report giving statistics about the decline of religion in the UK. And it said, a report by the BSA, which is the British Social Attitudes, states, for the first time, more than half the population say they have no religion. And the generation gap on religious affiliation is widening. Goes on to give us some figures. 3% of adults under the age of 24 describe themselves as Anglican. Only 3%. 5% identify themselves as Catholic. Almost 75% of those who are 18 to 24-year-olds say they have no religion. And in the age group 25 to 34, only 5% identify as Anglicans and 9% say they are Catholic. Among all adults in Britain, only 15% consider themselves to be Anglican, compared with almost 30% in 2000, just 20 years ago. It's halved. Andrew Copson, humanist 
UK's chief executive said, how can the Church of England remain in any meaningful sense the national legally established church when it caters for such a small portion of the population? Continued on, 53% of all adults describe themselves as having no religious affiliation. This is up 22% from 31% in 1983. Terry Sanderson, president of the National Secular Society, said, These statistics indicate that the time has come for this country to have a serious debate about the place of religion in our society. You see, the data confirms Satan is having a wonderful time in our country. But I can confirm not only in our country, in the rest of the world as well. We heard in April this year of the rugby player, Israel Folau, I'm not sure if I pronounced that properly, sacked because of a comment about homosexuals on social media. In 2002, Sweden passed its hate speech statute and it explicitly included church sermons as a subject to the laws of restriction on hate crime. You cannot preach the word of God in Sweden without fear of being prosecuted. The Catholic Herald made this statement on their website on the 4th of April this year. Scotland's new hate crime bill could criminalise Catholics. The church has warned in this report, when the complaint involves the word transgender, police leap into action. In England, Surrey, a Catholic journalist and mother of five became the focus of a six-month police investigation after a dispute with the head of a transgender charity. It went on to say this. Primary schools are becoming ideological battlegrounds. The schools that we send our children are becoming battlegrounds. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul warned the early church of the battles ahead, not only inside the church, but outside the church as well. The church today is in increasingly under attack from the media and the authorities we, the church, we must persist. Matthew seven fifteen, Jesus said these words, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Acts 20, Paul wrote this, Acts 20, 28, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock 
in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's speaking to pastors and elders. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. And then in 1 Timothy 4, 16, it says this. Again to elders and pastors, keep watch on yourselves and on the teaching. And we're told to do this. Persist in this. Persist in being careful, in watching. And in by doing so, this is what it says. You will save both yourselves and your hearers. You see, when the truth goes out, God says it will touch those who he wants it to touch and it won't return void. There's an organization named Christian Concern. don't know whether you've, you know about it. It helped us with, with uh, the case with Michael. And it runs alongside and complements the work of the Christian Legal Center. It campaigns to protect Christian freedoms in the public sphere and promote the Christian faith as the best foundation for a free and flourishing society. The heading on their website recently had five bullet points. I want you to listen to them carefully. This is in this country recently. One, Christian pupils excluded from objecting to LBGT lessons. Lesbian, bisexual, gay and transgender lessons. Pupils were excluded from objecting to be part of it. And this is underneath it says, a primary school head teacher, head teacher, who forced children to participate in a gay pride parade last year, has now been reported to the local authorities for unlawfully excluding 10-year-olds from lessons based on alleged anti-LGBT comments. The headmistress sent the children out because they said, we don't want to listen to this about LBGT. She excluded them. Number two, growing intolerance towards Christian views. This week, former magistrate Richard Page lost his appeal at the Employment Appeal Tribunal. The ruling could effectively bar Christians from holding positions in public office if they express a Christian view of marriage and family. He was a magistrate and he was thrown out. And it was upheld because he had Christian views. This is recently. It's not 50 years. It's, it's now. It's happening now. Number three. Listen to this one. A vicar resigns as governor of a Church of England school after school leadership allowed a child aged 12 to announce their gender transition in class without informing the parents beforehand. Now listen, this is a vicar. He's resigned. He says, Bishop Stephen, this is the one above him, Bishop Stephen had previously told me, the vicar, 
that my biblical views on sexuality were not welcome in the Church of England and that I could leave. Number four, Christian school worker fired raising concerns about sex education. A Christian school worker was dismissed after she shared two Facebook posts that raised concerns about relationships and sex education at another school in the same village. Her own child's Church of England primary school, she was dismissed without notice. Just for raising the concern, they got rid of her. Number five, police caught out by street preacher evidence. The video of arrest of a street preacher, Alwul Ilsalni, on Saturday the 23rd of February, outside Southgate Tube Station, Alwul was preaching on the streets as he often does. The police officers confront him and then arrest him for breaching the peace. He was arrested for preaching the gospel at a tube station. He was later released. We thank God for that. You see, we're under attack in this country. I voted for Brexit, and I made no hidden thing about it. I I, I publicly announced that I voted for Brexit. And I voted on the basis of my Christian belief. The Bible gives us a solution to our country's godless condition. The Bible gives us a solution. You see, my Bible confirms that this country can be changed by God through His saints. You see, coming out of Europe and taking back control of our laws and sovereignty gives us the opportunity to become a stronghold of a Christian faith again. Did we stand with the Lord against the evil of fascism? To submit to the subtle schemes of Satan through materialism and selfishness? Because that's what it is. Our fathers fought Hitler. They gave their lives that we might have freedom. That we were a Christian country. That we wouldn't be subject to slavery. Have we been distracted? Have you been distracted from your faithfulness by the law or the things of the world? 2 Chronicles 17, 14 says this. Very well known verse. But I believe it. Because when God tells us something and He promises us something, if we do as He asks, I guarantee you, He will deliver. He doesn't lie. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't deceive. He's truth personified. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this. If my people, that's you and me, those who are born again, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. 
There's only God who can heal this land. And He will only do it through us. One John two fifteen says this: Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. We have to be careful where we put our devotions in our schools. In the world, in our works, our families, you know what they, they want us to do? You know, if, if our children aren't going to everything on the planet, the world will say we're not giving them what we should be giving them. The church is called to be salt and light. We're called to be different. We're called to have a cleansing effect upon our community. Does our desire, our pleasure, steal away our desire for God? Are we putting our children, spending more time with the world and the things that the world offers us, than putting the word of God into them? Our defense against these attacks is our solution is given to us it is to put on the full armor of God there is no other means by which the church can survive the enemy is too strong we the saints need the helmets of salvation the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the shoes of peace. And finally, we need much, much prayer for the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, we have to change. Hearts and minds have to change in, in the church, in this country. We're asleep we're indifferent. And while we're indifferent and asleep, Satan is having a field day and he's going to do it through the next generation, which are our children. In the 6th century BC, the angel of the Lord spoke to Zechariah, the prophet, and said this word. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I believe Nigel spoke last week about God's mighty power. You see, we only survive through his power. It's not by our might. It's not by our strength or our knowledge or our wisdom. It's by His power, His Holy Spirit in us. You see, the figures quoted earlier in the Guardian are not surprising. They're not really surprising. I don't think anyone's surprised by them. But they don't tell the real truth. See, the real story is a lot worse because the statistics 
have bundled together the religious with those who are born again. It's a lot worse. You see, increasingly the rights of the Christian are being eroded. While the rights of those who are against God's word are protected, the murderer, the racist, the pedophile, the sexually immoral. We live in a time when protection for the offender is greater than the victim. We're called to love them, but to hate sin. You see, we're living in the country, listen to this, where the next prime minister could probably be a Marxist who covers his ears about the hate towards the Jews, anti-Semitic, self-confessed atheist who will lie and say anything to get into power, Jeremy Corbyn. The other one, Boris Johnson, an adulterer who now has the police calling at his door for fighting and disturbing the peace, but asks us to trust him. They're the two most likely to become the Prime Minister. That's the state the country's in. That's the state that the church, while it's been sleeping and been indifferent, that's what's happening. Paul tells us, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He says, prepare for battle. Be strong in Christ. Put on the full armor of God. The battle is daily. Moment by moment. Our weapons forged from the toughest material of all. Our weapons is the full armor of God that we might be like Christ. He says his word is sharper than any double-edged sword. Penetrates even, divides the soul and spirit. Joint and marrow. They judge the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart of all men and women. The word of God. It cannot be defeated. You see, the answer to all our problems in this country today is Jesus Christ. But do you know him? Do you really know him? I've given you a lot of tough things there to think about. I want to I wanna finish now. I want to finish early. And I want this scripture to encourage you. But firstly, I want to tell you this. We have to change. Even in this fellowship. We have to be prepared to get in that battle. We've got to be prepared to say no to the world. We've got to recognize and realize that our children, if it's tough for us now, how tough it will it be for them unless we humble ourselves and cry out to God and he forgives us and restores this land. I don't want my grandchildren to grow up 
to be persecuted. I don't want it. And I don't want their children to grow up to be persecuted. I want us as a church, and I want the church as a whole to cry out to God. You know, I was speaking to my brother about fasting. I'll fast for that. I'll fast for that. This is Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3. God, similar to what Stephen's already read today, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, God is our strength in those kind of troubles. Will you cry out to Him? Will you trust Him? Will you live for him I sent a, a message on whatsapp this week I don't know how many read it I know we don't all read everything and it said this there's only one thing more important than dying today living for Jesus there's only one thing more important than dying today. Living for Jesus. Will you live for him? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We are, Father, we thank you that we have a mighty God. We thank you that we have a Lord Jesus Christ who sits at your right hand. We thank you that we have an opportunity even now Father, that we as a country might leave Europe. Father, that the church might get down on its knees. Lord, all the denominations. Father, for the one thing we must have in common is when we pray together, we say, your will be done. Lord, will you change us? Father, give us the passion to be different. Lord, it's as if our eyes are still veiled and we can't see what Satan's doing. Lord, take the veil from our eyes. Give us a strength and a desire and a passion, Father, to please you, to be obedient to you, so we can say we love you truly. Let us worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth. Bless us now as we depart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.